0: where simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome to another podcast, and this week we're going to be discussing when it comes to emotional struggle, less is more. Mm. I'll be explaining this paradox shortly, but for now I've been kind of mulling over the fact that I've been doing therapy now for a long, long time. I hear you asking, well, how long has that been? Well, it's been, been, you ready for this? It's 1977. That's a long time, even for me. You know, one of the things I, I look back and I recall how much I struggled to really, to really understand how I grappled with my notes and Why wasn't I getting it? Why wasn't this person getting better? Why were they still struggling? But over time, you evolve. You start to see things. And that's part of the the process of developing what I might call your antenna, the ability to sense things, to see things, to intuit what's going on. And it was probably the mid to late 80s that as my thoughts and my own Joe Luciani philosophy was beginning to gel. That I came up with my paradigm for self-coaching. Self, maybe with a capital S, the self and the coaching part, not because of the phenomena of coaching that we know today, but but I was thinking more of the Newt Rockney, you know, get off the bench and get yourself motivated. Because we need to stay motivated if we're really going to persevere in our efforts to relinquish ourselves from struggle. So I wanted the motivational aspect to be an integral part of the mix. Of self-coaching, I saw that insecurity was a fundamental basis or fundamental ingredient in all struggle. I saw it in anxiety. I saw it in depression. I saw it in relationship conflicts. Insecurity seemed to be the sine qua non of struggle. So, what's insecurity? Well, basically, it's a feeling of vulnerability, and we all have it. You know, I don't think you're going to find a person who is free of Insecurity or has been free of insecurity because we know we we grow up in an imperfect world. No one has perfect parents. Everyone suffers from loss, separations, illness, disappointments, teasing. So the child grows up with feelings of insecurity, which is synonymous with feelings of vulnerability. So, what does a child do? Well, since we are survival machines and we are genetically programmed to protect ourselves, the child instinctually tries to find ways, strategies, to feel less vulnerable. Maybe that child begins to worry. Maybe he or she hides their feelings of low self-esteem or self-worth. Maybe they shut down and withdraw from life, getting into a kind of a a turtle shell of protectiveness or frantically try to anticipate what's going to happen. So as we grow up, we, we kind of solidify These strategies, let's call them habits of control, because when we're vulnerable and insecure, we're feeling out of control. We're only trying to feel more in control. So our strategies give us the illusion that we can control life, that we can compensate for our insecurities by relying on our controlling strategies. And these strategies become habits. And I mentioned that now, and I want to get into the habit nature of this in just a sec. But our controlling strategies become habituated. And why is this bad? I mean, we're only trying to protect ourselves, and that makes sense, right? But you see, controlling life is stressful. You might have the illusion that you can control life to some extent, but eventually, you know, it's like trying to hold the ocean back from eroding your sandcastle. Eventually, it's stressful. Trying to control life isn't natural. We've got to expend energy to control life, to worry, to hide, to fret. Anticipate. It's stressful. It's not natural. Think of a bucket. And in that bucket, we have the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. These are our balancing chemicals. So our bucket's filled with our balanced chemicals. But if we poke holes in the bottom through stress, through worry, through controlling strategies that aren't natural, what happens? We start to deplete what's in the bucket. We become imbalanced. And this is where struggle begins. This is why medication works. As the depletion becomes more significant, the need for medication becomes more realistic to balance out those chemicals artificially. Since we're poking holes and we're trying to control life and just we're generating stress and stress and stress, we're we're depleting, depleting. Our, our natural homeostatic tendencies can't keep up with the depletion. When we suffer, we have to, or I have to assume, just theoretically, that we are creating imbalances our life needs to become balanced and the way our psychology becomes balanced is not through more controlling strategies not through trying to control or manipulate life in order to protect ourselves but by developing self trust you see that's the ultimate answer because with self trust you you believe you can handle life you don't feel the pangs of vulnerability You see, someone who trusts their ability to handle life, they don't have to be anticipating life. They don't have to be hiding from life. They trust, hey, I've handled thousands of problems before. I'm going to handle the next one. So self-trust allows you to flow with your life, to be present, to handle life more directly. So I mentioned that it was habits, that these strategies become habits, habits of insecurity. They've been reinforced they become part of our reflexive nature. They're not always conscious. We just do these things. I don't know why I worry. It just just happens. It just I just worry. Reflexive, like a knee jerk. I mean, you brush your teeth with your right hand. Try doing it with your left hand. It's, it's different. There's habit resistance. Habits don't want to be broken. They're embedded in our brain's structure, our neuro- neurological structure. That's why habits are resistant to change. Habits make us efficient from an evolutionary standpoint. We're creatures of habit. But there are good habits and then there are destructive habits. Whatever we reinforce and whatever we starve, this is important because what you reinforce, what you feed, becomes stronger and more resistant. What you starve becomes weaker. So we develop habits of insecurity that are resistant to change. And this is why our struggles. Seems so difficult because they are now at a reflexive level, less than conscious. We're not deciding to be upset or to struggle or to get depressed or to get anxious. We are now the byproduct of a life of trying to control life without understanding that we need to develop trust, self trust, not more control. Now, one thing about habits all habits are learned and all habits can be broken. So, whether it's low self esteem, self worth, anxiety, depression, if you treat these as habits, you have a paradigm for working. Because if it's, and I'll use the qualifier, if it's just a habit, and if all habits are learned and all habits can be broken, well, doesn't that put you in the driver's seat? Think about it a second. You know, rather than a, an illness or a disease or a predisposition, whatever you might want to call it, if you, if you start to think of your struggles as habit, That's empowering. Think about it for one second. That means that, well, I've got to break this habit. I've got to break this habit. See, it makes you not a victim. When you're victimized, you're powerless. You are the victim of your anxiety, depression, or other emotional struggle. You're the victim. But by empowering yourself, by realizing that if I'm allowing this habit to persist, then shame on me. Now, the key is how am I allowing this? And that's where. I think the self-coaching approach comes in. First, you have to accept the fact that the truth will not set you free. I mean, if you're going to start developing a habit-oriented understanding of why you struggle, then I think you need to kind of relax a little bit on trying to find out why, where you go all the way back to your childhood, to your potty training, to who yelled at you or who screamed at you or this or that. Sure, these may be traumatic events. And they may have kind of post-traumatic influence on you to this day. But getting to those truths, those historical truths, they're not going to change you. Now, that may sound contradictory, but just knowing that you have such and such a struggle because of the way you were handled, well, if it's a habit, think of a cigarette smoker. If a cigarette smoker finds out why they took that first cigarette, well, what's that going to do to the habit of smoking today? Well, nothing. Because the habit is entrenched in you. The origin of the habit is almost insignificant. What is significant is your need to break the habit. And this is the essence of self-coaching, that you first understand the impact that insecurity has on your life. Then you understand that your path is to break the habit, or as I like to say in my latest book, to unlearn the habit. So we need to starve the habits of insecurity, the compensatory strategies that keep us from self-trusting. You see, as long as you rely on your strategies of control, you're not going to bother developing self-trust, which requires oftentimes a leap of faith. Now, I'm going to get into specifically how to apply self-coaching in future podcasts, and I've talked about it here and again in my past podcast, but for today, I just wanna outline this process of self-coaching and its connection to habit. So if you're looking for the truth to set you free, well, the real truth that will set you free isn't in your history. It's in the understanding that you are being ruled by habits, reflexive habits that need to become more conscious. You need to know how you are reinforcing and feeding your habits. And this occurs with doubts, fears, negatives my favorite uh, image is you have a patio and you love going out on your patio and you read your paper and you just love your patio and you notice a little pigeon there and you throw him some crumbs next day you go out there and the little pigeons had brought a couple of buddies they're out there and you throw a few more crumbs wonderful the end of the week you can't even get on the patio it's just nothing but pigeons and droppings and it's horrible what have you done well You should have stopped feeding the pigeons. And this is how habits of insecurity proliferate, how they grow, because we're feeding the crumbs of doubts, of fears, of negativity, and we're feeding, 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 and the pigeons just keep coming. So what do you do? You need to realize that as long as you are convinced that your only way to be less vulnerable is to feed the pigeons through compensatory strategies of control. Well, you're poking the holes in that bucket. You're stressing your life. You're depleting your life. A life of self-trust is effortless because it is natural. You're able to be present. You don't have to know what's coming tomorrow or what happened last week. You're able to be present. You're able to believe in yourself, in your resourcefulness. So once again, I want to say the past is, is important, but not that important. It will illuminate why you're struggling in the present if you were overcontrolled if you were disrespected by your parents if you were humiliated it's it's important to to have a handle on why it is you wound up where you are but without self-trust you're still trying to compensate for that by hiding by puffing yourself up by anticipating danger in safe places you see the habit will persist and manifest itself in here and now reality even though the origins are long gone So self-coaching is a way to to help you understand where your habits are, what they are, and what you need to do to start breaking those habits. Now, one of the things that is very important, and I think I've mentioned it today, it's called habit resistance. Habits, once they're embedded in your brain, they have altered, physically altered the structure of your brain. This is the science of neuroplasticity, but we know from the science that we can change that alteration. We can neutralize and replace habits with more appropriate habits. But it takes time. Just think about it. If you're changing the, the anatomical structure of your brain, just wishing it were so isn't going to make a difference. You have to work at it. You have to begin a process of neutralizing, the reinforcing the feeding of the habit over time. You need to practice and practice and practice. So you have to stay motivated to begin to be on the path that points you towards liberation from just unconscious, knee-jerk, reflexive living. There there really aren't any shortcuts. You know, this is why people wind up doing more damage. You know, when they try to get beyond just controlling life, they start to escape life, alcohol, drugs. So even when you're on the right path, even when you're starting to work with the strategy of starving rather than reinforcing habits of insecurity, it's going to take time. It's just not going to happen quickly, not as quickly as you want it to happen. So what do you do? Well, number one, you've got to stop beating yourself up. This is a, a process that's going on. And you're on a path that needs to understand the relativity of what you're trying to do. So you can't do it all at once. You can't, Expect to do it all at once. You can't expect to just go from dark to light overnight. It'd be wonderful if it happened that way, but more than likely it's going to take time. So, what do I suggest from a self coaching standpoint? Well, if you can't stop worrying completely, which would be unrealistic in the moment, then worry less. If you can't stop doubting and fearing, doubt less, fear less. If you can't stop being negative, Will be less negative. Now you can do this. See, you may not be able to stop being a worrywart, but you can do it less. Of course, you can. It's all about practice and practice. Don't be in it like all or nothing, where you start discouraging yourself enough to just abandon the path. Stay on the path, and if you can't rid yourself, that doesn't mean you're not going to. So begin to understand that incrementally. If you could chip away at the nucleus of these problems if you worry less if you doubt less if you fear less just pull yourself back pull the reins in and just say okay okay enough enough you know just back it up a bit back it up a bit start to gain some sense that you don't have to hand yourself over to insecurity and go to hell in a handbasket you don't have to so doing less isn't at all counterproductive quite the contrary. It starts to give you the understanding that you can. You start to chip away at the habits that have ruled and ruined your life. So do whatever you can, because whatever you can do will be enough, and it keeps you on the right path. And rather than giving up, just remember, less is more. So until next time, (laughs) sorry if I just startled you and woke you up. (laughs) Remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you say we make it simple Believe together? Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Oh.